the best thing to come out of Cats is the meme of all the horrible reviews and then cut to a bunch of dogs in front of computers with their paws on the keyboard. <laughs> right? This movie is a travesty. Can you believe? Yeah. Who, who could believe that these cats are real? Right. Bowser 69. <laughs> They're just clicking at their keyboards. and. Well, I mean, anybody can be a movie reviewer these right. days. That's but true. these are some uh, canine movie reviewers. Yeah. They got their little headsets on and they're barking their reviews out. And... <laughs> Wait. Where, where are movie reviewers doing it through headsets? I don't know. I think maybe like, Is it like they're typing all but within maybe, a game of Fortnite or something. They're they're typing, but maybe also they're like, um, you know, having their their phone or their computer help them type a little bit too. Like, like I don't okay. want to type this all out. All right. So, bark, bark, so bark, they bark, say bark. that specificity is the key to comedy, but not your kind of specificity. Well, whatever, because <laughs> you're like, but how do they type? They have the little. Pause. pause. That's how I type. Yeah. Right. Two contact points. Right. Two middle fingers, uh-huh. which is very fitting. They, they couldn't just use their little pause to go click, click, clack, clack, well, clack. Well, I'm, su- I'm suggesting that they do both. But you're like, no, no, they need voice transcription. Yeah. Because a computer can understand barks. Yes, exactly. See how the detail falls apart? Yeah, well, whatever. Do you want to see cats? No, I do not. What? Sorry, Oscar Isaac. I wasn't asking if you wanted to do another Star Wars. <laughs> I. I was asking if you want to see cats. No, it's the stuff of nightmares. I have no desire to see it whatsoever. But at some I point, mean, talk about Uncanny Valley. It passes over into yeah, that's <laughs> Sudden Valley. Yeah, uh, it passes over into entertainment, right? I I don't know if that's true or not. I just feel like I would be watching a car crash in motion and the entire time be wondering. Why am I watching this? You why love am I torturing myself? So don't even get started with me. It just looks so bad. I don't know that it's the, reached the point that it's so bad it's good. I don't know if it has. There's bad. There's so bad it's good. And we've talked about this, I think, last week um, where you're, there is soul and emotion in it. Yeah. <clears throat> Even if it's terrible. I don't know how I get sick. I guess I was traveling. So maybe I was coming into contact with people and their dogs. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm sick. But um, so like the room. You know, yeah. like he meant all that. Oh, yeah. Very earnest. And then there's like bad that's just lazy and bad. Yeah. But then there's bad like incomplete. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're not even take this back. Do it again. You're not going to get an A even if it's great because it's going to be late. But right. I can't accept this. It's not even done. And yes. that is literally the Cats movie. Right. Recently, it was announced a day or two ago that uh, the movie is being patched like a video game. I just don't we even, we were, I don't understand. We knew, well, I'm telling you right now, we knew we were in trouble when the director of the film was being interviewed, uh, you know, a day or two before its release. And he was like, not bragging, but he was sort of like, well, that's so crazy, you know. I just got back from the editing bay. We were there for 36 hours straight. And uh, we just finished, we finished the movie hours before we hit the button and movies are just distributed, you know, digitally now. Right. So you hit a button and it just goes to the server and then uh, movies, uh, theaters pull it down, which is like, that's not something to brag about, dude. Uh, no, it's not. But uh, anyway. It's actually really scary he and terrifying. Did. And that was, that should have been the uh, the sort of uh, flag, the, the red flag or the um, red laser yes. uh, pointer that tells you that this is going to be bad because now reviewers are not only saying 
what is going on. Yeah. Uh, what's in this Slurpee. But they're right. also saying that it's literally not finished. Like, right. There are scenes where there's a group of cats, but then there's just like one person. <laughs> just like. And why would there be a person where there's well, cats? Well, I think it was yeah. a situation where like characters like uh, the, the main characters are have accoutrement they have um raincoats or hats or something so there's sure. one thing where they just forgot to add the cat parts to somebody so there's just a wow. guy standing there and there's like judy dench is in one scene and her she's got the cat makeup on her body but yeah. they forgot one of her hands and it's her left hand her she was wearing her wedding ring it's... so it's like wait a minute is kukuru right. married or something right uh yeah there's just like textures that aren't finished and some of the cats are blobby and people were also saying I'm an insane person now, but they were commenting on that. Well, that's all being patched out now because they were continued. To, uh, Tom Hooper must have went back to the lab and right. finished the rest of his homework. And now they are sending that out uh, digitally. And it just reminds me of a scene from my life. I <laughs> First of all, I got a five on the uh, English AP test. Right. So don't come at me. Yeah, yeah. This show's called Just Enough Trope. But... Uh, my AP teacher had this policy where you could turn a paper in as late as you wanted to okay. by a certain date, right? Okay. So if it was like uh, the paper was due, quote unquote, Friday, you could turn it in at 11.59 on, on like Friday. Saturday night. Oh, oh. You know, it, she would get up and go out to the Dropbox sure. in her garage. Yep. yep. And if, she, if, if the Dropbox is empty and the sign's closed or the door's locked, no paper. And my parents, my mother specifically, who was a teacher for like 50 years, I think, yeah, or close, yeah. uh, hated that because mm. it was, you know, assignments are in at a certain time. Now, that's all well and good. My mother meant well, but she had no idea what was coming. She didn't Uh-oh. know that people would not would have their take classes online. Their textbooks, which they paid 200 bucks for, wouldn't even be real. Yeah. And they I would know. be emailing assignments. Yeah. She didn't know that. Yeah. I she know. was just behind the times on that one. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm, I'll, what I'm saying is I don't think it affected my uh, tardiness or the promptness of me delivering assignments um, this show coming out a day late because uh, we were gone for Christmas, notwithstanding. Hey, you're lucky you're getting one. Yeah, right. But this, this to me smacks of that. It's like this is a movie, guy, and it doesn't matter if you can push a button an hour before it's supposed to premiere and people get it. This ain't done, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and there should be no break. And is it a rights. lack of effort or is it just – I look. I admit having twenty dancers and they're all uh, in body suits or leotards, and you have to add fur to them. I get that that's an undertaking, but right. then why take it under? Why, well, if you're right. not going to go all the way, don't do it. It's just, it's just. That's our quote for 2019. Right. I mean, it's just, it's, it's slacking. You know, it, it's, it's, it's lacking a finishing touch. It's, um, it, it. It seems like a rush job, and it seems like you didn't care, you know? Yeah. Well, like you anyway. You didn't put the work into it. Speaking of getting your homework in at the last minute, I mean, there's just a lot of... The movie business has changed very much. That's true. And, uh, you know, you look at the Golden Globes and all the Golden Globe TV... Golden Globes are, or nominations are for streaming stuff. And yes. I'm sure the streaming uh, movies are going to uh, clean up at the Oscars this year. Probably. But yeah, it just th- this guy is this Tom Hooper is not. I don't think anybody's idea of a great director. Um, he directed the Les Mis uh, musical sure. uh, at the beginning of the decade, and a lot of people didn't like that. Although it did fairly well and got uh, Anne Hathaway made her dream come true. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, people question why this was made at all. People question why he's doing it. They question why it was done. Why not just have them wear costumes, costumes? like the stage show has done for 40 years? Honestly, I'm, this is just my opinion. I think it would have looked way better if they just wore dead costumes. Because the, the costumes for the stage show, I think that they did a really good job. And yeah, they're kind of weird and stuff like that. But that's part of it. Not it's not like uncanny valley weird. It's just like they're human sized cats and they walk around and they they talk and they sing and they dance. And I think that's you know part of the over the topness of of the stage show. And I think that that could have easily been adopted for the film. Well, and I I think I can see why they did what they did. And and I don't know if it was Hooper specifically, but why the production designers went, let's go all the way because of that same thing because mm-hmm. cats is it doesn't really have a story to speak of it is just sort of a collection yeah. of scenes and songs but it is about spectacle it's about watching right <laughs> titus and andromeda and a bunch of people yes. <laughs> crawl around on all fours uh on poppers yeah. and uh yeah and so they're trying to deliver that but people just their are mi- their minds won't accept it and that is you know, we I think earlier in the year I claimed that maybe we were cresting the uncanny valley and we were getting out of it, but uh not in this movie. Well, I mean, we we saw Sonic the Hedgehog and people were like, Oh no, that's the stuff of nightmares and they went back and they changed that. This comes out and and we're like, Oh my goodness, I don't know how I feel about this, but nothing has changed. Yeah, I don't know. I think this will probably be since it's coming so late in the year when all these lists are made of stuff, will be remembered as the year of like when the Uncanny Valley, you know, deepened a little or fought back, but it's really only those two things, right? I, yeah. Well, Rogue One a couple of years ago, and this the whole decade was like, we're trying, man, we're trying real hard. James Dean is going to be in a movie Ugh, by yeah, himself. Know, right? <laughs> it's a James Dean black box film. Um, I mean, I don't want to say if you held my a gun to my head, I'd go see this. I guess I would go see this. People if, can't see that. Yeah, all right. I'm I guess I would. I would see it if if you wanted me to see it, or or if, I, we, I went, if we went into it. Like, it can't be as bad as people are saying. I, I just I don't I don't know. It's like one of those films. Like I think I would go in and I think I'd be grumpy. I think I would be like really pissed off, and I'd be like pissed off holding my popcorn and being like, oh, "This thing better start soon. It better be over soon. It better start and, soon and be over soon." Yes, I think you're thinking about Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> which we saw. Yeah. Of course, this weekend, and we have thoughts on, and we'll be giving them to you. That's right. Later in the show, so stick around for that. It's the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Ikan Hana. And joined by the influenza virus, or whatever's going on. Oh, boy. what What is happening? How are you sick? I don't know. Maybe I've got cat scratch fever. Oh, boy. 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, 34 on Metacritic. So that I Cats? think that tells you... That I don't think it's as bad as people say. People are saying that it's like the, you know, the beast, uh, the Antichrist riding the beast with the horror of Babylon on the side. And I, yeah. I think it's just not great, you know. But I, also, I think that we've had a lot of releases this year that I feel have been overvalued. Mm. I've talked about this before. How about how critics wait for that real that real tomato can to come down the line that they can all like look left and right and agree. Okay. We're going to savage this thing. Right. And then mm-hmm. they can just let go when they watch marriage story and they go some strong performances, but it's really just prosaic. We've seen this before. 
you know, sorry you got divorced, Noah Baumbach, but like, what are we really getting out of this except right. just emotional spectacle? But I like, I liked it. So two thumbs up. I know. All two million thumbs up. All of our thumbs are up. Right. But maybe they've got frustrations, and then Cats comes along, and you can just give it to Cats. Throw yeah, in, yeah. Throwing a boot at Cats. Um, I, I think it's definitely uh, potentially a scapegoat Note here. to me, so, myself for the future. Hmm. Have a picture of Heathcliff singing on the fence and people throwing things at him, and I'm going to tell my kids this was Cats. Like Heathcliff, the cartoon cat? Yeah. Or, okay. He used to sing. And then he also, he'd eat a fish. He put it in his mouth. Yeah. And pull it out. Bones. Just a skeleton. Yeah. And I think. But he'd leave the head. Yeah. That's the best part of the yeah. fish. Well, I guess it wasn't for him. He just liked the middle part. Yeah. If Heathcliff released in China, people would be like, it's Heathcliff. Not a smart cat. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> so we're doing that. We're talking about some news. Um, do we have anything Christmas? Some of the news is Christmassy. I can't really think of any Christmas. Um, well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy, happy, happy holidays. holidays. We're here to bring you a holiday show full of it's, festive cheer. It's Christmas Eve Eve, as some people say. Uh, so we'll uh, go ahead and say that. Um, and uh, it's uh, approaching fast and um, uh, I don't know are we going to have a a white Christmas here I'm not sure if we will or not it's whitish already is it whitish okay well I mean it's more (laughs) biologically yeah yeah. Yeah. um, okay cool Uh, well we got a ton of news let's get to it this news you just it's like tribbles you leave it alone for a while with some grain and it just we have so many Stories to talk about. Mm-hmm. I need to like cut some holes in my net. I got to make my net larger. Okay. I mean, the holes in my net, net larger. Oh, okay. So because we don't I'm just, catch everything? Yeah. I just got all this. I don't remember. We, we went through just total news deserts. Mm. Nothing. Yeah. I think, you know, the end of the year, I think there's a lot of things coming out and there's like announcements and stuff like that. So there sure is. I, I think that, that people <laughs> just want to get it in before the end of the year. Or maybe they're like thinking, happy holidays. Here's an announcement. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> here's our announcement gift to you. Blah, blah, blah. Here you go. I appreciate you trying. Yeah, you're welcome. Anyway. Um. So yeah, what what are we what are we talking oh, about? Oh, should I talk about the news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to make a something of a correction. We talked about uh, the Xbox Series X. Yes. On the last episode, huge. Um, and the uh, I think the branding or the messaging has a little been a little bit off. Oh, okay. Because um, Microsoft has uh, clarified after um, the game developer conference or wherever the game awards mm-hmm. that the name of the new Xbox is just Xbox. Their internal name is Series X, but it's even more confusing now because it's just called Xbox. Can they get somebody at Microsoft who's in charge of like naming stuff and is like actually good at it instead of like like I don't I feel like we're we're doing like the names of like nesting dolls or something like that. Like they're they're each Xbox product Matryoshka. is the I would buy that. They're they're like you a, open it up. There's a little smaller little Xbox. Oh, that's why it's so big. The real Xbox is inside. Yeah, and it, it it just takes like the the what what do you even call it? the little cards that you have for um for the Switch like the little game cards cartridges would, just cartridges. Well, okay. They're not cards now, wow. but yeah. Okay, searching for a word and it's right there. Anyways, um yeah uh. Terrible names and incredibly confusing. Um, I don't feel like any other gaming system is this confusing. 
Well, you could have a muddled and tortured uh, succession of names or, or with numbers kind of attached to them. Um, or you could ha have what Nintendo has, which is just nonsense words that are really kind of off-putting. Yeah, I guess. Um, like a GameCube, th that was probably the height for them, right? That uh -huh. said what it did, did what it said. You know what it is. Yeah. It's got a handle so you can carry it around like everybody does with their game console. <laughs> But other than that, I you carry mine like a purse. Yeah, right. Uh, just throw it over there. Um, but uh, yeah, so you've got that. But then you've got like the Wii. And people are like, what? Yeah. And then you have the yeah. Wii U. How is the Wii U different from the Wii? Oh, the Wii U is, is a portable console. Oh, okay. All right. Which, if it hadn't failed, uh, it was their attempt to compete with the Vita, which really wasn't even... Handheld yeah, gaming, yeah. you have to remember that smartphones like put a stake through the heart of handheld gaming. Oh, sure, because you can play lots of games on your phone. But I think Nintendo took all the sort of research and development they put into the Wii U, which was a gigantic failure, yeah. and went, okay, what if we t massage it and then make it the Switch, Yeah. which is great name, great console. I, I think that they um, really have come up with something really great with the switch because it's so versatile you know um you can you can play the games at home on your big screen or you can take them with you and they kept their commitment to uh hand physiognomy crushing uh control schemes yeah <laughs> the, the original nes is like suffer children uh square uh sharp edged controllers two buttons right uh which i guess when you have like a meaty little uh kid hand is not so bad but as an adult <laughs> forget about it and then, like, the Wii's like, hey, shake this over your head, idiot. Right. And now the Switch is, like, a beautiful, great machine that looks works and looks fine when you're holding it um, outside of the dock. Yes. But then when you have to take the two little handles right. and hold them like for, Wii controllers. Or plug so. them into a thing that's way too small for an adult to hold. Yes. Or get, like, a third-party controller that, you know, has all the problems associated with third-party controllers. Right. You're never going to get through Overcooked. It's never going to happen. It's incredibly challenging <laughs> let's talk real fast about box office uh we talked about star wars and we talked about cats before and i want yep. you to guess which one is winning at the box office star I wars think you can. yeah cats opened with a 6.5 million dollar opening which is uh not great <laughs> honestly it's always hard for me to tell like where what they knew what, what they were doing good. they went yeah. up against star wars they had yep. only projected about 10 to 15 but it uh underperformed on that yeah, wanna... uh, you go up against Star Wars, even if if you're way different and you have a way different audience. I think you're you're asking for um, diminishing returns. Yes, whereas uh, Star Wars is doing great. Um, I this. don't. I'm not sure um, that it's set any records. Uh, I know it's okay. high. It made 176 million dollars domestically. Nothing to say. And that. 374 million globally. Okay. Uh, but I don't have my um, chart up with me. I know that that's competitive, but I don't think that that's the biggest ever. Probably not. Um, I it, have it, it seen... It made $90 million on Friday, which is uh, that's a very, lot. very, very big. Um, I have seen on my feed and Facebook that there are people who have already seen it more than once. Oh, of course. So, um, <clears throat> And I think that Star Wars fans are rabid like that. So um, I think multiple viewings will, will add to this. And I would not be surprised if it continues to say number one at the box office for several weeks well not in china though oh really well they don't really like 
like Star Wars. Yeah, we've talked we about that talk before. About that? No, it earned only $2.2 million uh, adjusted for uh, Western currency mm-hmm. uh, up against uh, IP Man or Ip Man. Oh, okay. That's uh, probably number four, a pretty big release the, there. Uh, the, finale, the rise of Ip Man. Yeah. Uh, the last of those made $10.3 million. Okay. So, no, they both don't like uh, Star Wars and they love Donnie Yen. Well, which is a uh, same. Yeah. Okay. Me, same. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like you're a country where the original trilogy did not come out at the yeah, at yeah, that yeah. time. Yeah. I, I just, it does not surprise me that they're just not that into it, and they're like, no, thank you. Um, or I don't know how to say that in Chinese. I don't know how to say that in Chinese either. <laughs> but I, I, I know that it's. <laughs> they're not saying ni hao to Star Wars, right? I, I know that it's more popular in Japan. I just saw somebody, uh, this was like several years ago, but um, they have like snow sculptures up in Hokkaido. And several years ago, there was an artist that did um, some stormtroopers uh, out of uh, snow. And that was pretty cool, like giant stormtrooper heads and torsos and sort of, sort of thing. So it was pretty neat. Neat. Yeah. Let's uh, put a pause on movie news, although we've got a lot more, and talk about comic news for just a little bit. Sure. Uh, looks like Spider-Woman is getting a um, new ongoing series. Okay. Uh, it'll be written by Carla Pacheco, who is not uh, previously working for Marvel. It's, it's okay. continuing in the tradition of Marvel. The thing that drives the uh, MRAs crazy and the SJWs love that they're going out and getting somebody outside the... Um, outside the company, uh, who's from indie comics? Okay, well, and I, I say I think that's probably pretty good. Idea. Yeah, why not? Sure, yeah. Jerry Conway, Roy Thomas, Marv Wolfman—these guys are geniuses. But they right. created literally seventy-five percent of the Marvel universe. Like, why not get somebody else? Well, and I think that it's really important for comic companies to start moving more towards having female creators behind female character books. Yeah, for sure. Um, just representation is always a plus, I think. Yes. So. Um, that being said, uh, those three guys I mentioned amongst many of the talented guys in the Marvel bullpen yeah. had nothing else. They were motivated by hunger and creativity. <laughs> Whereas somebody who went to, and I'm going to have to learn some more art schools, yeah. so it doesn't sound like I'm picking on Cal Arts, but somebody who went to Cal Arts and really wants to be in comics uh, and then is called up to the big leagues, you know, we've seen... Uh, you don't want to be the Andrew Luck of uh, well, uh, comic people. Right. Although Spider-Woman new, new ongoing, there's not a lot of pressure there. The reason I bring it up is she's getting a new costume redesign Oh, uh, okay. by, by Dave Johnson, by the uh, speaking of uh, classic uh, talents in comics. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't like it. And I, oh. I'm surprised that I don't like a Dave Johnson design. Okay. But she's had a tortured costume history over the years. Sure. And I'm going to show you some of her costumes now. Okay. Great pod. And we'll have to just relegate this to the show art, perhaps. We'll go sure. left to right in what I'll assemble for the show art. But okay, sounds have to good. look at her original <clears throat> costume. Now, yeah. <clears throat> the difference between what comic readers in the 70s saw and what you're going to see is these are all Spider-Woman costumes as portrayed by those really horny uh, order sites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just going to see... Uh, models from a Chinese website showing essentially fetish uh, costumes sure. for Spider-Woman. Sure. So, okay. Well, I'm that's ready. what comes up when I Google. All right. So Spider-Woman's original costume as yes. portrayed here. This is it. Okay. Red yeah. and yellow. Yep. 
a sort of um, spider or like a ab- you know an insect abdomen sort of design. Yeah. Um, high heels are that's all fetish. Why uh, high heels? Because yeah. it's, a, it's weird. It's because look at it's all latex. Yeah. And then the uh, the wings. She had uh, underarm wings that was yes. uh, very. Um, I'm familiar with that distinctive. design. Um, I I thought that the wings were more like um, Spider-Man's costume. Maybe that came later with the webbing in it. And they are, like but what are you going to do? Yeah. Okay. Now, you have to remember there's been a lot of Spider-Women over the course yes. of the um, the history of the character. Different uh, characters actually portraying yes. her. Yeah. So if you're looking at Maddie Jameson, mm-hmm. the Spider-Girl uh, of uh, the Marvel Universe, yes. she had essentially a... Actually, I think this is the correct one. Okay, sure. She had basically a Spider-Man costume she was yes dressed like spider-man with a few little accents yes like female character accents what do you think um i mean i it's it's fine it, it just looks like we threw something together for a female spider-man and this is it so i'm not like terribly excited about it but it, it's just like it's like his costume so yeah it's fine okay i don't think i like it as much as the first one but. Right. Um, more than one woman has held the title of Spider-Woman yes. over the years. Uh, one of the more recent ones was, of course, the Earth oh, well, 3, 2, 1, 4, whatever it's called. Sure. Uh, version of Spider-Woman, Gwen Stacy, also known as Spider-Woman. Spider yeah. Um, she's probably my favorite. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, but um, I like this character. I like this story. Um. I'm not as familiar with the original Spider-Woman as I am with Spider-Gwen. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I need to read some more uh, Spider-Woman comics. But like the, the Spider-Gwen costume is like really cool. Um, it's, it's a lot of black and whites. But then she's got like these pink spider like accents. Like, and she's got pink outlining her eyes. And then she has this like really cool hood that's white. And it's got like... It's like pink and then like spider webbing on the inside. Um, and I think that looks really cool. And she often is wearing like like turquoise, like all stars or slip on shoes, too. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. So um, <laughs> I just think that her costume is really neat. And I think that they actually thought about it and made it something unique yet also you know, it has some elements that you, that you would look at her and be like, oh, yeah, she's related to Spider-Man somehow. Superman's got the spit curl, and then he puts his glasses on, and he's still got it, I think. So yeah. that's his problem. Uh, Batman's uh, would have a big tan line under his nose and around <laughs> his chin. Yeah. And Spider-Girl's just wearing the same blue jelly shoes. Right. Uh, whether she's Spider-Gwen or Gwen Stacy, so... So much yes. for your secret identity. Yeah. Uh, there was a Spider-Woman in the Ultimate Universe as well. Okay, her costume sure. looked like this. Um, That's pretty um, intense, I got to say. Um, it is definitely like a bodysuit. It's very form-fitting. Um, but it's, it's very dramatic, too. I kind of like that her hair is just kind of out and free-flowing. And then there's, like, it's mostly a red spandex suit. And she's got, like, this giant white spider all over her torso. And then giant white eyes. And the rest of the costume is just red. Um, yeah, but don't, like, people were looking for a, a long, brown-haired woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Her hair could kind of give That's her That's why Batgirl 
or best well yeah batgirl and then also later the um greg recca batwoman they both wear wigs i see yeah because like batwoman has like this bright fiery red hair but it's a wig and i can't speak for the very earliest um barbara gordon but i know that like on the batwoman or batgirl tv show yeah uh she wore a um you know, it was Yvonne Craig with uh, short uh, black hair, uh-huh. sort of of the time. Sure. And then she wore that, like, cheesy red wig. <laughs> well, I think that that's kind of smart. And I don't know why, like, a lot of the female characters in Marvel haven't thought of that. Maybe they're not as good with secret identity stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, secret identities are kind of dead, huh? I, yeah, I think so. Just ask uh, Superman, who recently revealed to the world that he was Clark Kent, because why? Because Brian Bendis doesn't. He's so worried about if he could, he doesn't stop thinking if he should. Yeah, well, he should think about if he should. Remember. Here's one that you'll not find. There's no fetish model for this one. I'll have to show you a regular picture. Uh, this is Julia Carpenter as the Spider okay. Woman when Jessica Drew was retired and was just a PI. Okay, this is very similar to the last one you showed me, except instead of it being largely red, it's mostly black. And then she's got the white spider on her torso, and then... Black, or white boots and gloves. Yes. And uh, there's a cutout for her nose and mouth in the mask area. I think Venom had a lot of influence on spider costumes uh, post his debut. Yeah, they look very Venom-esque. Yeah. Definitely, uh, this is... Charlotte Witter, who okay. is the, uh, well, not as of the relaunch of uh, the ongoing, but was also uh, Spider-Woman for a time. Um, She's the granddaughter of Madam Web. Okay. Well, her costume doesn't really scream spider to me that No, much. but if you wanted to go fetish, this would be the way to go, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what she reminds me of? What is the... The the bad guy the enchantress isn't she like one of Thor's bad guys? Yeah, it kind of, she kind of looks like she's an enchantress. It's basically a green swimsuit without the straps, and then there's like gloves, green gloves that are have yellow accents, and I think green boots that have yellow accents as well, and then like a mask cowl. And yeah, and like bindings, like yes. rope. <laughs> John Byrne. You got a girlfriend. Come on. <laughs> what is what is all this? Yeah, so all of that leads more or less into... Oh, you know what? There's one more I should show you before we go. Okay. Um, Cindy Moon, I think is her name, was okay. Silk, the oh, spider sure. woman from an alternate universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she has a costume that looks like this. Um, It's very Spider-Man-esque. It kind of reminds me of Spider-Gwen a little bit. There's a lot of black and white. And then most of her torso is like a spider web that's white at background with like red and black lines. And then, of course, she has the red mask that goes over her nose and mouth, which is supposed to conceal her identity. I know. We're looking for an Asian woman with a ponytail. I know. Uh, whether or not she has a mouth, unconfirmed. Right. And I, I'm assuming that that mouthpiece is silk. Um, <laughs> well, she probably spins it herself. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. Gross. You're not in costume. Hold on. (laughs) Okay, I'm good to go. Uh, Next up is the last redesign of Jessica Drew's uh, costume. This was uh, around the time of Secret War, and I believe Chris Anka uh, 
uh, designed this? Um, I think it's pretty slick. This is the motorcycle outfit. Yeah, I was just gonna say it looks like a motorcycle outfit. Um, she it, it looks like it's leather or pleather, and then she's got kind of a mask thing going on, but it could be just some really cool like glasses. Um. That are red and yellow, and the outfit itself is largely black with, like, a red torso and kind of a spider-looking thing on their torso. Uh, but it's very stylized. Um, but, yeah, I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's a part of the trend towards practicality. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me a lot of Wonder Woman's, you know, like, infamous pants. Oh, yes. I know what you're talking about when they redesigned her costume and they gave her pants instead of a short skirt. When Jim Lee redesigned her costume. Right. And is like, belt? Uh, pouches? Jim, no. Okay. Yeah, right, right, right. Leather jacket? Sure. Sure. <laughs> She's a friend to animals. She tricks them into coming close to her, then she kills right. them and makes a jacket out of them. <laughs> well, anyway, here is the new Dave Johnson design. Okay. Okay. Wow. All right. Um, now, uh, Dave Johnson is Dave Johnson uses black the way oh that J.R. J.R. shouldn't. Okay. I think he uses it uh, to create like a solidity uh, and then he accents and not just it's all black. Right. Well, I'm glad it's not. But that all being said, black. there's a lot of black. Here. It's mostly black, though. It is a spandex suit. Which is mostly black with some red accents with black webbing on top, including the feet and the hands. And then they're they're like over the arms and the chest. It's just a spider web. And then there's like a spider just on her chest, not her whole torso. And then she's got like a mask attached showing her who, nose uh, and her everybody mouth. Everybody knows who she is by now. I know. This uh, <laughs> this this looks like a Black Widow costume to me. Are they? It looks very Black are they Widow. Running She's into having too many spider related. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't have a belt at all. Yeah, so she's like missing that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't hate it, but I actually think I like the the most recent redesign, the motorcycle outfit, more than I like this. Interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I felt the motorcycle outfit was kind of busy. It's a little busy. And but sure, it's I think practical, it's but all the spider characters, you know, are, uh, they wield their agility as, you know, one of their, you know, off- offensive and defensive abilities. And oh, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, people like Frank Joke and abuse uh, <laughs> how they look in their costumes, but they're supposed to, you know, it just feels like having leathers on would, would slow you down. But yeah, this is, you know, like I said, I mean, it's fine. And, but putting like web on the bottom of the foot where nobody's going to see it. I, you know what yeah, I sense? Right. I sense a great artist backed into a corner. I, I sense a great artist trapped in a web of uh, 47 previous Spider-Woman designs. Right. How, what, what do I do to make this interesting? And, and memorable. So this is what we got. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. So. Yeah. Um, well, you know what Marvel fans hated and didn't love? What? The fact that some of them couldn't watch the tribute to Stan Lee that yes. aired on ABC yes. this last Thursday night. Uh, and we're lucky. Friday night? We, I think it was. I think it was Thursday. Yeah. Or was it Friday? Anyways, it was one of the two days. And um, we were really lucky. We were able to see it. Um, were we lucky? Let's review it. Go. <laughs> well, 
I guess I was a little surprised at like like the actors they got to come in and introduce and host things. And um, some of them, I'm like, why are you doing this? And you suggested that maybe they were still under contract and stuff like that. Um, so Clark Gregg was kind of hosting the entire thing, which I was fine with. But they like pulled in a lot of other people. And like they, they, they had Paul Bettany like talking about stuff. And then they had, what's her name from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well? Ming, Ming, Ming no one. Ming no one. Thank you. And for some reason, Clark Gregg came out to introduce her, but not nobody came out to introduce Paul Bettany. And I'm like, is she more <laughs> famous than Paul Bettany? Yeah. And I feel kind of bad for Paul Bettany. Well. And then they, um, like the actress who plays Karen in Daredevil, she didn't get introduced either. Uh, yes, she but did. Th- did she? Yeah. Was it Paul Bettany the only one who didn't get introduced? Possibly. Maybe it happened before they came back from commercial. I don't know. The whole thing to me seemed superfluous. Yeah. Not in terms of, you know what, you know what it really was or the real uh, value of it was? What? I'm imagining this was happening in 500,000 other homes, but they would do something or they'd say something about Stan Lee. And my folks were watching just out of like, just rank curiosity. Yeah. But they would say something and then I would go, actually he did this and they forgot to mention that he did that. And then they would go, yes. oh, oh, that's interesting. Like who wrote, the whole thing seemed rushed. Yep. I, I'm assuming it was an hour. I think it was about an been, hour. Yeah. yeah, there was enough commercials. It must have been an hour. And it just seemed like a lot of stuff we already knew, not digging into the really interesting parts of his life, totally giving he, you know, he from the 70s on became like his own PR person. And oh, he for sure. had told these stories. I was at a party and if I could be a fly on the wall, but nobody wants fly man. So it's Spider-Man. Right. Like he told these stories many times and they just basically went with his version of it. And I didn't expect them to come out and like do a warts and all thing. But you think no, that they would find, but... like they talked to his brother. They talked to the Jerry Conways, for instance, people that are still alive. Uh <laughs> they had a, a grainy video of, of Steve Ditko shooting a shotgun at them. No. Um, <laughs> but I just figured, like, we'd get something new. It was just yeah. them coming out and going, Stanley was so amazing, and we have we owe everything to him. And it's just real blowjobby. And then they just said Jack Kirby's name once. I, I know. I, I think that it was... Um... I'm just thinking back of like all the um, boy. Our Star Wars review is going to be real short because yeah. this news is going on. Well, I us. was just thinking about how, um, you, you know, like the different uh, comic documentaries that we've seen, and I feel like those covered uh, more of the gamut of like the actual story and what happened. Like, yeah, these amazing things happened, but also these things that were not so great kind of happened, and that didn't really happen in this quote-unquote documentary and it was just a like you said it was like just a love fest it could have been if they put all this money behind it they did it for you know they did it for primetime review uh views and yeah. commercials and they also did it to because it's been a year like they did it yeah. to just say well we finally did it mm-hmm. and i'm sure it was nice and i'm sure it would have been there great to be there but if they took the money of the disney corporation and put it behind talking to all these people and we got like a two-hour documentary Right. Talking to, yeah, that's, look, it was great to see Charlie Cox. 
I don't know why we're talking to him because he's not part of this anymore. Well, you know I, mean? I don't know why. He's the fourth right. Destiny's Child member. Yeah, I know. Uh, but it was great to talk to him. But also in a 42, maybe 35 minutes worth of content amongst all these commercials, we don't need to talk to him. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to talk more to Louise Simonson. Yes. Who right. I was happy to see. Yes. Chris Claremont's probably like, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would have loved to have seen a two-hour produced documentary yes. including all this material and yeah. all the people they must have talked to. Right. Well, yeah. And then, of course, Tom Hiddleston shows up and he had like probably the largest introduction of all of them, but it, which is fine. But I was just like, gosh, you don't need to do this. Why are you doing this? Because he's got a TV show coming up. I guess. Stop. Okay. <laughs> so thumbs, thumbs to the side. Mm-hmm. Thumbs holding down the middle two fingers while the pinky and the index finger are splayed out. Yes. To create create webbing. A costume for myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wanted to report uh, something sad from the world of film, specifically uh, French film. Okay. And um, yeah, French film from the 50s and 60s. Uh, the actress Claudine Auger has passed away. Uh, passed away last week. Uh, she's probably best known for her role as Domino in the James Bond film Thunderball. Okay. And she also... Uh, was a uh, runner-up in the uh, 1958 Miss World contest. Okay. Uh, she was in a lot of kind of you know a lot of experimental kind of weird movies. Um, this might have been. It's basically like the French New Wave uh, sort of era. Um, she was in um, uh, the Testament of Orpheus, which is a Jean Cocteau film. Okay. Which was sort of like a exploratory uh, early uh, French New Wave type film. And yeah, uh, was also just uh, was a really nice person. Mm-hmm, <laughs> sure. And, and, and for my money, like the most beautiful Bond girl, or at least uh, okay, uh, yeah, top top five for what that's worth. Sure. Well, it's sad to hear that she's passed. Um, yeah. How, how old was she? Uh, she was seventy nine. Okay, that's or seventy eight. Excuse me. I, don't I still feel like if you pass in your seventies, I still feel like they're, you're fairly young. Um, yeah. So that's too bad. And she was, at least for the Bond film, which really kind of catapulted her to stardom, uh, she was discovered by um, <laughs> by dark black sheep uh, Bond producer Kevin McClory, who basically just saw her, you know, in Nassau, like saw her on the beach. It was oh. like, she should be in this film. Okay. And so she was in the film, which is <laughs> how right. they kind of did things back then. Sure. But yeah, she had a, a, a long career after that. And then um, probably even more sadly from an artistic perspective, uh, we lost uh, Anna Karina recently. Okay, sure. Who, I I hate when I hear that somebody has died and I wasn't sure that they were alive or not. Oh, yeah. Then you just kind of feel extra <laughs> I bad feel bad, yeah. Uh, she hadn't done much acting uh, since like the 80s. Sure. But she was in many of the seminal um New Wave films by uh, Jean-Luc Godard. Sure. Uh, who was married to her until uh, okay. 1965. Um, films like A Woman is a Woman um, and Band Apart and Pierre Le Fou and Alphaville, critically, Alphaville, which is, I love uh, Godard films, but it's also like a sci-fi film. Oh, okay. Uh, and so, yeah, that's probably my favorite Godard film because okay. it unites my two, French New Wave and sci-fi, my two... <laughs> great loves and uh yeah just a uh just a wonderful person um it was a musician and uh 
had I think got out of here without saying anything real dumb. <laughs> okay, it's fair. <laughs> you know, I, there's I a lot of French. Uh, she was actually uh, not originally French. Uh, she was Danish, um, but she was Danish French citizen. Sure. And uh, yeah, got out of here without pulling a Gainsbourg or good pulling good. a. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I know what you mean. Let's open mouth, insert foot. I'm glad she didn't have a moment like that. Yeah, uh, didn't uh, didn't uh, pull like Catherine. Uh, didn't Catherine Denevy say something dumb? Recently? Oh, I have no idea. Probably. Um, yeah. yeah, live your truth, yeah. especially if it's uh, <laughs> you know um, what do you call it? Uh, I don't know. You hate people from the outside of your country. Oh, xenophobic. Yeah. Xenophobic. Yeah. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so this uh, episode, insofar as it can be. Because I don't think they gave a shit about Star Wars is uh, de- uh, debuted is uh, dedicated to them. Another D word we're looking for is the debut of a couple trailers. Oh yeah, it's <sighs> a lot of news. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of news. Let's talk real fast about Tenet. Um, it looks really good. I mean, as much as you can just give like a tease as to what a movie <laughs> is going to be about. Yes. It um. <sighs> And I, I didn't see Christopher Nolan's last movie that was like a war film, but um, this seems kind of like a return to form. Like, I mean, as much as like, like a sci-fi return, it could be. Um, I think there's a lot on the line. Yeah. And for him, I, I think so, too. And because. Oh, we'll just say. Oh, OK. Um, I but it's. <laughs> I, I think that they uh, put a really enticing uh, trailer together, uh, and there's lots of little bits that you just kind of get a glimpse of, and it's like, Ooh, what's that? I want to know more about that. And um, the the lead actor... John David Washington. Yeah, is uh, apparently Denzel Washington's son. Um, so that's kind of cool, too. And, like, Robert Pattinson is also in this, but, like... And he <laughs> must have gave him his agent because... Robert Pattinson's in this, and he's not even billed in the trailer. No, no. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I that's kind of interesting to me as well. So, but... yeah, this is going to be a real coming out party for John David Washington. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, yeah, looking forward to that. But I just think that the stakes are high because this ain't Batman. You know what I mean? I mean, Doug Kirk yeah, did yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, people liked it. Interstellar, I think, was, you know, mixed. Yes. generally seen as a success, a success but mm-hmm. you know where are we going from here are you going right. to do love is the strongest force in the universe or are we doing you know action with a little bit of uh intellectualism but not right. as much as you'd think uh-huh. and that's i think what this is going to be okay and that's fine that's what i want from him yeah right um i want to see new things different worlds being explored and everything and i think we're going to get that with i want to explore the rest of this news and let's yeah. do it in like five minutes okay ready go they're remaking the Dirty Dozen. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Guess who's directing it? Um, uh, David Ayer. Yeah, that's right. Okay. David Ayer. Wow. All right. David Ayer just wants to be the Steven Spielberg of war Does movies it, now. Doesn't everybody? All I mean... of his war movies are not very good. Okay. Well. Uh, what else? Uh, looks like Lucasfilm is developing a Willow TV series. Um, we, We've it heard been... this before. I don't know if I should believe this or not. Is it going to be on Disney Plus? It is. Okay. No, no, it's not. Oh, it's not. (laughs) We don't know where it's going to distribute just yet. Okay. Well, maybe it'll actually happen this time. I don't know. I feel like we've had rumors of this before in the past. I mean. um, There's a Witcher show. Yeah, I know. There's going to be a Willow show. Okay, I'll have a review of the Witcher next week. I'm assuming he's going to. Yeah, he's around. He's in Star Wars. I know. We got to get to that. 
Forget all this is all garbage. I feel like Adam Driver. Oh boy, you're just gonna get up and leave. <laughs> okay, so a lot of people are like, well, not really. I don't think people really care because nobody knows who Terry Gross is. But Adam Driver was on Fresh Air. Apparently, yep. Adam Driver doesn't like to see himself act Good or hear himself. himself act. Yeah. Yes, but also you are on my show. I'm Terry Gross. This is Fresh Air. Right. Uh, and so they have a thing. He has a thing that must be in his rider. Did you right. want to be this person, Adam? Will you join the Marines to serve your country? So anyway, he has a thing where they let him know he takes his headphones off. We as the audience hear the bit. Although, why can't you just put the bit in in post? Does Fresh That's Air? That's what I was wondering. I guess Fresh Air goes off live. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't live in, uh, I don't listen to WBEZ or whatever. But, uh, but they did, I think he they did it right. He they played the bit. Yeah. He took his headphones off, but then he still she Just went back to him because he's not there. Of course, she's in Chicago. He's in the yeah. in Hollywood, and she's like, "So tell me, Adam, about the thing of the thing, Adam, Adam." Yeah, and they had to tell her that he was gone. He he walked out. Yeah, yeah. What I know, I, know. I think everybody's stressed. Uh huh. And I said this in previous weeks, and then I showed you video evidence recently yes. where somebody asked, you know, Daisy Ridley and uh, and Oscar Isaac if they were, eh, any interest in coming back to these characters? Oscar Isaac's like, no! I know! Uh, not adding wow. the F word in front of it, but he wanted to. Yeah. I think that Adam Driver's just done. He doesn't care. He's frustrated. He's got to go to this premiere. He hates premieres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't take it out on Terry Gross. I know, right? She's like she's the like real the Yoda. She's like lady ever. <laughs> she's like, she's Lady Yoda. We got Baby right. Yoda. We got Lady Yoda. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so, yeah, don't take it out on her. And then also I was watching the um, uh, interview mm-hmm. or they were all the stars are being interviewed at Galaxy's Edge about the thing. And sure. as soon as they got to like, well, thanks, everybody. Like Oscar Isaac was halfway out of his chair. He ripped his lav mic off. And then as the other stars were like, so um, where are we going next? Or do, are we done now? And he's just like, see you, buddy, to like JJ. And he just runs off the screen. Where's he going? Oh, my God. He doesn't have something else to do. But he's just, he is oh. done. Professionally, he is done. If you're going to be a guy that, you know, sings and plays the guitar and does HBO miniseries and does movies and you're probably, he's married, right? I don't know. Probably. Well, maybe he is, maybe he's not. I think Oscar Isaac is a guy that regiments his time and he does it because of where he wants to get in his career. And he has decided this is, I am no more time goes into star Wars. This is a dead I fulfill end. my contract. Yeah. And I'm not hanging around. Right. Um, I guess it's I the difference between, him. yeah, it's the difference between like, <sighs> tell a boring story or blow my nose. Um, I'll blow your nose, I guess. Um, why not both? Okay. I got to learn how to say that in Spanish. Um, <laughs> When I was um, in professional theater, like, and I was new to it, you come from community theater or from, like, school theater, and everybody does it for the acting, but they also do it because that's their social and their peer group, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you hang out, like, we're going to Baker Square or whatever. Right. And everybody's hanging out all the time. And I tried to do that with some some of the other younger, like, um, people that were new to professional theater did Mm. that. Mm -hmm. but. Pretty much everybody else, all the diehards are like, bye, and they're just gone. Because yeah, they got yeah, life, yeah. they got families, yeah. they got a fresh airs on, whatever. Right. And <laughs> I'm not saying that that's what he's doing, but it, I mean, that's... It feels that's like much, that's, that's what, what he's, he's doing. doing. Yeah. yeah, right. He's, like, they're all going to go out to lunch Yeah, John Boyega's like, probably really sad that Oscar ran off at the end of that thing. Right, but Oscar's right. like, I'm done with this now. Yeah. 
Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, we're we're done. Uh, what else? Uh, looks like uh, Lodge Forty Nine dead, dead, dead. Really? Yep. Over. Okay. Well, I mean, it kind of went off the rails this last season, so I can't say that I'm like super surprised. I think that the creator uh, who confirmed this on um, Twitter or whatever he went on like a long, not rant, but like. You know, don't stop me, Smee. Don't stop me. Right. <laughs> you better get up here and stop me, Smee. Right. Uh, yeah, he basically said, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty much done. Jim Gavin is the guy's name. Okay. So um, I think that he knew, well, and that's why the second season seems so packed with, with all lots these payoffs. Of stuff. Oh, yeah. I see. So he, you think he knew before. Do you want to tell the story of Roller Skate Hooker? Of, oh, <laughs> um, I believe uh, Linda Ronstadt, correct? Yes. Being um, honored at the Kennedy. She was being awards. honored at the Kennedy Awards, life lifetime achievement award, that sort of thing. And um, somebody had put the slideshow together, and there is a cover of an album in, that probably came out in either the seventies or the eighties. And she is in roller skates and shorts, and maybe like a cutoff like sleeveless shirt. It's like, and she's got like knee high socks on. Good, good time. Good time, Charlie. Or something. I can't remember the name of the album. This. Yeah, but uh, somebody putting this together. I don't know if they just found it and they didn't like. Look they clearly at it. just went Google search for album name. Right. First, a, a pick of the album cover. Throw it up. Yes. But someone else had memed it a little and written like replace the title with Roller Skate Hooker. I know. <laughs> so she's here. She is being honored. <laughs> And they they do this like uh, slideshow or whatever, and then it's like roller skate hooker. It's like, come on, who is asleep at the wheel here? You know, oh, so good. Um, I I think she actually probably had a good sense of humor about it. Oh yeah, she's, she's a pretty vocal like person. Yeah, but yeah. So <laughs> I so great. wow. Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, in a move that should surprise no one, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe is getting a cartoon at Netflix. Okay. Uh, I know that we are still talking about this live-action movie that may, may or may not happen, but in the meantime, with the success of She-Ra, sure. yeah, they're just going to do Netflix He-Man. Okay. That makes sense, I yeah, think. That makes sense. It looks like we have cast a young Galadriel for the Lord of the Rings series. Okay. Now, forgive me. I believe that this is... Uh, Welsh, so I'm not sure if I'm going to get this right, but it's Morfid, Morfid Clark. Okay. Uh, is the young actress that they are getting. Um, I am not very familiar with her, but she did play, I know, the nurse yes. in the uh, who's taking care of the uh, stolen children in the His Dark Material series on yes. BBC HBO. Right. So we got that going on. Yep. Uh, what else? Uh, Viacom CBS. Has uh, I don't think it's gone through yet, but they have uh, cut a three hundred seventy-five million dollar deal for a forty-nine percent stake in the Miramax catalog. Oh boy! Quick recap: After Harvey Weinstein uh, was arrested and yeah. put on trial, and his brother basically just sold off like the business. Mm-hmm. So Miramax, one of the which was owned by Disney uh, for a time, uh, sure. one of the uh, biggest quote-unquote indie studios right, in Hollywood right, with a right. huge catalog of uh, films uh, basically went on the chopping block mm-hmm. uh, or the auction block, yeah. either or. And nobody seems to want it for some reason. That's too bad. I mean, $375 million doesn't seem very rich. No. Blooded, right? No. Some movies Not are made for that. Not in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Viacom CBS, uh, basically the parent company of CBS, Paramount, um, has bought it okay. and will apparently or um, theoretically get uh, distribution 
digital and physical distribution rights. And then I guess rights to whatever like IP Mm -hmm. would be there. So I don't think you could like do Kill Bill 3 without Quentin Tarantino's permission. Right. But anything that Miramax produced that they own the rights to, uh, Paramount would get. Okay. How is this a bad deal? Because it's Paramount we're talking about here. Yeah. They can never not screw something up. Right. So I'm trying to figure out how they've screwed this up. I know that having 49% is not great. What's happening here is as soon as Miramax, Miramax went on the auction block, a foreign investor, I think he was a, you know, like an oil guy, an Arab oil guy, sure. and a Saudi Arabian guy, bought the catalog for X amount of dollars. Not to just sit on it because what's he going to do with it, but he then wanted to shop it to somebody like Paramount. And so he has a f- controlling 51% interest in it okay. and paramount's got a 49 yeah that's not great well i mean he's not going to give it all away otherwise he'd sell no. the whole thing right right and paramount couldn't afford that mm-hmm. that would be 700 million a billion dollars yeah. yeah so i don't i don't know um news to come yeah well, we will when they when that. they screw it up we'll be here to report on it <laughs> And maybe uh, one or two more stories here. It looks like Disney uh, in this uh, Verge article reports that uh, is reporting that Disney produced 80% of the top, top box office hits this year. I can believe that. There's a lot of films that they put out this year. Yes. And uh, most of them have done very well. So, yeah, I can totally get that. Um, Disney is a mammoth, you know. Yeah, but... I'm not ready to agree with Martin Scorsese just yet. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not either. Do you think he pitched it to a Disney subsidiary? And, oh, the or subsidiary? One? Yeah. And then they were like, no, nah, I don't think so. And he's like, oh, oh it's Marvel's guy. Get it. Maybe. Marvel. But I feel like it's too adult for like Disney. Like maybe they would, if they wanted it, maybe they but would. But Disney shop controls so much. I'm something. not going to look. Oh, I'm in Fox, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. look it up right now, but there's some. Hollywood pictures or Buena Vista pictures, yeah. touchstone sure. type thing, right? Yeah, that's true. Who even knows? I, I guess they own too much when you don't even know what they own anymore. Yeah, they are, right? And in the last uh, story of this round, but probably the best news, uh, it looks like Melissa F. Olson's series of books, Dead Spots yes. series, uh, the Old World series, yes. is being developed for a television adapt- adaptation on the upcoming digital network, Quibi. Yeah, um, I don't know a lot about Queeby, but um, I think this is really exciting. I think that her series would lend itself well to TV. Um, I mean, she's basically a paranormal detective, you know, the main character. Like a janitor. Well, yeah, she cleans up the messes, but she also, she doesn't just clean them up. She also tries to get to the bottom of, like, what happened and who did it. She's a PI without being a PI, necessarily. Right, right. Yeah. She's she's like a PI slash cleaner. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A janitor. (laughs) Yeah. You got it. Exactly, yeah. It's being uh, produced uh, by a couple different people. One of them is Jen Braden. Uh, she has worked on a lot of kind of different stuff. That's <laughs> great, right? Yeah. Uh, she's a writer producer who's worked on uh, shows like Awkward, um, Girl Boss, which I guess has a uh, you know Girl Boss, right? I think I've heard of it before. It, yeah. it was only one season, I think, but it okay. was Britt Robertson, uh, and it was like a, I think, streaming. Sure. And uh, she worked on the United States of Terra. So 
it seems like this is one of those things where it's like your um, content is going to get to prove itself, uh-huh. and then the writing and producing staff are going to need to prove themselves too. Right. So it's not like Ryan Murphy is doing this. It's not like that. Right, right, right. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it, and I hope that they um, do a good job. Oh, and I should also say that she's the co-executive producer on the Disney Plus series Love Simon. So there you go. I have a question for you, yes. Hanna, the co-host of this show. Yes. Do you have the golden touch? Me? Yes. <laughs> um, we just that would be cool. We just mentioned two properties created by two friends of yours. I, I, I know. Um, and would you look at this manuscript that I've got? <laughs> yes and yes. Um, I'd like to think that I have a golden touch, um, but I I don't know. Um, I... I, I'm very excited and happy for my friends who are authors and them getting deals and uh, getting to produce on these projects as well, which is huge. Yeah. Um, this Yeah. It's um, it's great news and congratulations to Melissa. Yes. And we wish her uh, the best of luck. And I look forward to finding out what Queeby is. Yes, me too. <laughs> it's funny that they would uh, – I guess this is probably – I feel like Dead Spots is the safe bet because I yeah. feel like – you know, I don't think that it's derivative, but I think that we've seen like what it does before. Mm-hmm. You know, in a you know world of darkness, vampire diaries, uh, True Blood esque kind of way. Yeah. But I'd almost be more interested to see the Boundary series become a thing because I think that that's there's a lot in there that's we haven't seen before, that's and there's true. a lot there that is. Um, now I'm going to compare it to something else that doesn't seem original, okay. but there it's more stump towny. You know, you've got this like yeah. uh, haunted, uh, you know, combat vet who comes yes. back and then has to deal with all this noiry crap. Yeah, no, that's only with really, ghosts, right? Yeah. that's a that's a very good way of putting it. And um, but you know, dead spots makes it. Yeah, then that maybe boundary. exactly cross that boundary when we come to yeah. it. Yeah. The dead speak. Yes. And they say, don't make any more Star Wars movies. (laughs) No matter what happens, no matter what Star Wars does to me, uh, give me that Baby Yoda doll. I'll show you where it happened. Uh, When the theater goes dark and that blast of hordes comes on, I get goosebumps every time. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Except this time. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, it didn't happen for you this time. Much like J.J. Abrams, much like Oscar Isaac, and presumably, and apparently, everybody who worked on episode nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm You're done. ready to be done with Star Wars. Okay. And that's going to be the main thrust of my review all the way through this. Okay. You? Um, I liked it. No, no, no. Overall. We're not going <laughs> Oh. Oh, what what do you want? Give me the pull quote. Give me the touch before we do the plunge. Uh, just like these my, are all industry terms. Knee, I didn't make that up. My knee jerk reaction to the film. Um, no, no, no. Just, just tell us what happens in the movie. Oh, okay, all right. C- come on, stay light on your feet. Um, so like <laughs> this led into a half hour movie. All right. Um, there there's an opening crawl in which we learn that Emperor Palpatine is still alive. No, there's a Fortnite level where we learn what happened. Yeah, I which I don't know. I, if I, I'm glad I didn't know that going in. Yeah, apparently. As the it, movie opens, yeah, 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 we hear 
the dead speak. There's yeah. a transmission that Palpatine has sent out. I am still alive. Right. I rise. Or whatever. And you go, that would have been interesting to see. Yeah. But when you think about it, the opening crawls have always filled us in on stuff. Like the Attack of the Clones ends and it's like, this is going to be a tough war. And Return of the Jedi or Revenge of the Sith opens with the war was tough. You yada yada the war. Yeah, we and didn't I know see that, the war at I know all. that there's a series, but at the same time, like we're at the end of the war. Yeah. So, I mean, it didn't bother me. I, okay, I can take that for granted. But then I found out, no, you get to see his transmission if you play Fortnite. Yeah, which is ridiculous And then I got really, really mad. Yeah. But go ahead. Um, and then it, it, it just talks about, like, what else is happening with Resistance, uh, where uh, General Organa, like, Leia is, and uh, Daisy um, Ridley, who plays Rey, um, is, like, training to um, become a better uh, Jedi. She's And um, we basically open with... Um, it's not... We basically open yeah. is a phrase that says that you still don't get how to summarize a film. You're going you're going scene by scene and I have to take over every time. I'm just saying you open an Oscar Palpatine the emperor who died in Star Wars Return of the Jedi episode 6 is somehow back mm-hmm. and he speaks. And he presents a threat to the galaxy that our heroes our belabored heroes and our fledgling Jedi Ray must risk everything to stop. Mm-hmm. Speaking, speaking stops, full stop. Done. That's it. That's what happens in the movie. All right, fine. <laughs> Are you mad? Uh, a little bit. The structure is the same every single time. Yeah. We can't spoil anything. Yeah. Everything past. The pan down through the star field to whatever dumb planet we're on mm-hmm. is a spoiler, right? Yeah. Because you can read the t- crawl online and you yeah. can read like the every review tells you the shot of the movie, but yeah. they don't tell you about Babu Frick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they should. Uh-huh. Because it covers a lot of sins. Okay. <laughs> Babu Frick repaired for our sins. Uh-huh. Or whatever he does. Yeah. What does he do? Um, He, he works with the babble. droids. He's like a droid mechanic. Yeah, right. But he's little and cute, so, you know. Yeah. Um, Take that, baby Yoda. Yeah, I know. Put something in the back of your head. Okay, wow. But. but wow. I still what'd love, you think of this stupid film? I still love baby Yoda. Um, I I liked it overall, but there were, part, there were parts of it that I, that I didn't like. This movie made me sick. Um, okay, wow, calm down. <clears throat> um, I just... It was, and maybe this is me picking up on, like, hearing other people's reviews, but it was a lot of, we got to go to this place, and we got to do this thing, and we got to find this object. Oh, no, we need to find this object, and now we need to do this thing. And then, like... It was a uh, uh, a Sunday circular of plot coupons. Yeah. And then, like... They, I wasn't celebrating. I needed to actually sniff that. I, I, I understand. That was my and then, celebration sniff. Like there would be moments of uh of um you know, like things like wow, that's really tragic. And then it would be like taken back like almost instantly. Um, you know, 
because we we thought maybe a character died, but then it was like shown that they were Boy, still you, alive. Boy, you in your quest to quote other people's reviews, you will go into spoiler territory. You tell me how spoilers. Tell me what Mikahana thought about the movie. All you have is your own experiences, and apparently the reviews of many other people that you're desperate to quote. Um, How'd you feel going in? How'd you feel watching it? How do you feel now that you've seen it? Um. I wasn't sure. Empty, how to, empty, and empty. I was not sure how to feel going into the movie. Um, I was not very confident that J.J. Abrams would come it to a good end because even he himself was like, I'm not good at endings. It's just like, I don't want to hear that from the guy who's directing the the last Star Wars movie in this movie. I also trilogy. love when he says, uh, people. some people hated this film, and he's like, they're right. The people who loved it are right. The people who hated it are right. It's like, that is just the agree with the bully advice in <laughs> junior high. The bully's yeah. like, you know, you stink. You know, you just tell, yeah, you know what? Oh boy, I sure do. You got me there, Chet. Yeah. I'm not I just, working anything I don't, out here. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't tell me anything no. about the pride that you have in this. Everybody's done. We're all done. Everybody is done. They want to get out of this. Yeah. The guy that sculpted, Babu Frick was probably angrily throwing his like tools down. Like I think everybody is just done and wants to be done with this. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know why they couldn't have seen that coming when they started developing this or when they developed the first one. Like, yeah. look, we've got this opportunity. The guy that effed up Star Trek can now eff up Star Wars. But mm-hmm. gotta, I got to tell you, people aren't going to want to do this forever. Right. So we need to do one, two, three. What do we do? We introduce a girl. She's mysterious. She's going to climb a mountain. And she's going to come down the mountain. And we're going to end. No, we hired three filmmakers, one of whom has a proven track record of success, and two complete yokels. Yeah. And they're not going to talk to each other. No. And as much as people complain about this movie completely retroactively uh, retconning eight, yeah. that's what eight was to seven. I-, I agree. Everything that he, it's like we uh, we were talking about this before. It's an improv game. It's a game of like storyteller, right? So I mm-hmm. say, once upon a time, there was a man who lived in a house and he died. Thanks, Ryan Johnson. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I go, in his heart, when his w- girlfriend left him, but then they got married, right, but then they right, ran away right. from the altar, and then I got to cram all this stuff together to somehow make this Make it end. work. Yeah. And also bring the close to 24 character arcs. I know. <laughs> I know. Ah! <laughs> uh, there really isn't anything else that we can really say without, without talking about, about the spoilers. end of 24 character arcs. Yeah. So just give me the, you know, the huge, like... Uh, recommend uh, maybe one good non-spoiler observation um, and we're out. Okay. I would recommend it. I think that it ends on a high note um, and a feeling of hope Higher. and positivity, which I think should be at the heart of Star Wars. So, What review was that from? That was just me. <laughs> wow. Thanks. Me, Hanna, 2019, bitch. uh i this comes from a guy who does not generally enjoy uh jj abrams films who feels like they are flashy and loud and dumb um it's just a fun movie Mm -hmm. i imagine that this is how fast and the furious fans feel when they see fast seven or something like that i don't know anything about fast and furious i i was watching it cognizant of the fact that 
it's just completely empty. But at the same time, I wonder, how can you, you gave yourself this dumb task of somehow summarizing and bringing to a close 45 years of fans' love for something. And so if you want to do that in like the, it's like the Stan Lee tribute. It's like, everybody's smiling. A couple famous people were there. What a great guy. The end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you walk away empty, you're thinking about it too hard. Mm -hmm. That's me. Mm -hmm. Okay, Babu. Yes. Give me them, get into them them guts. Get into them 3PO guts. <laughs> Give us the answers. Spoilers. Yes. Um, Those white slavers did it. They what? did it. They landed this thing. White right, slavers? Right, George? Wow. Well, I sold it to the white slavers. Oh, my goodness. Remember that? It. No, Well, I don't. George was right. <laughs> Not about really anything he did 1978 on, but he was right that they were just going to hump this thing until it was dust. Yeah. And they did. That's and it true. became dust way faster than they thought it was going to. Oh yeah. Um I I liked that uh we had Poe, Finn, and Ray working together um on a on a quest. Um but uh I, I just feel like the, the drama was fabricated and like it quickly went away. Um Fabricated? Fabricated. <laughs> Fabricated is they sell those at Pier One. Wow. Um the uh I don't know. I think like I I was surprised to uh see Han Solo in this, but I don't no. think it was misplaced. No. Really? No. You weren't surprised? No. Oh. Okay. You can do something like, oh, we have to blow up a big round planet that blows up other planets. You could do that and people go, you could be sorry. Here's the deal. <laughs> Here's the thing. I can't tell the difference anymore between things that are supposed to be homages mm. or like references and things that just happen in a Star Wars movie. Sure. People said that, well, he kind of remade or soft rebooted uh, Star Wars, A New Hope for Force Awakens, which you're complaining, but you also agree that that's a pretty good move to get right. a new generation into this. Yeah. And then you get to... I don't, man, I spend so little time thinking about Last Jedi. I don't even know really yeah. what people think. But then you get to this and people are complaining about that. And I'm like, look at every single movie in this nine movie series. I've got a bad feeling about this. I We've got to fly into a, a thing that's bigger than our ship or whatever. You got to go through asteroids. That's all this series has ever done. Mm-hmm. So it's doing it self-consciously in this film because it's trying to... Uh, like James Bond, uh, Spectre was the 50th anniversary, right? I think so. So there's all these like, oh, it's the original car. Oh, remember when he shot a guy with a spear gun in um, Thunderball or, or right. whatever? Now they're doing it on purpose. So maybe they kind of get off the hook or maybe they did it too much. I don't know. I can never tell anymore mm-hmm. if it's copying or homaging or what. Right. So I just feel like that that criticism is invalid. Now, if there are completely ridiculous hand-wavy constructions in the plot just to move things forward, that's not good. Right. Like, if you go, well, let's see, how did we get onto a ship in Star Wars? Well, they captured us and tracked us in, but then we kind of messed with them and were able to, like... Escape somehow. Infiltrate and then get back out due to the great cost and sacrifice of one character. Right. Or uh, Power Ranger gives us a literal... It should just say plot on the token that she gives them. That allows them to get on the ship, and it's supposed to—it's the the leader. It's Snoke's supreme leader, Snoke's star destroyer, and then his waltz in and out of it. 
Right. Um, I mean, that's, that's you know, c- cutting corners. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. There's so many corners cut here. Poot's got nowhere to sell drugs. <laughs> Wire reference. I don't know. Um, and you see that a lot. And then it's like, well, there's a million Star Destroyers, but they need this radar to work. So we're going to attack the radar. But no, don't, the radar's not important because now it's on the ship. Yeah, so now we're going to... Somebody had the idea we're going to ride horses on a ship. Because remember, the Ewoks beat the Empire with logs because it's your heart and not your technology that gets it done. Right. And so this so devastated rebellion to... with these 50-year-old ships is going to... How do we have them ride horses into battle? That's a good image. Right. There's a bunch of shit. It's all just riding backwards to create these moments that honestly weren't super amazing moments. Yeah. Um, I hear you. And like we, we get these new characters, but I just feel like it's so jam packed with all this stuff. We don't really spend that much time with them. Um, <laughs> Wait, what new characters did we get? Um, well, Carrie Russell's character who. Um, oh, plot device. Yeah. With a, a apostrophe in, yeah. in the last name. Yeah. And we, we see her eyes, but she doesn't really take her mask off the entire time. And her and Poe kind of have this like. If I know are we gonna, my are we gonna Pedro get Pascal technique at all, yeah, uh, was she actually in the film? <laughs> I think she was. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then and then we meet. Um, uh, I can't remember the actress's name, but we meet a bunch of people who. It's another Z. It's like Zana or something like yeah, that. Yeah, who like were stormtroopers, but they like defected. So and maybe and at this point, I don't know if we are just. Literally putting little dabs of color in the margins or if it's all set up for extended content now. Because mm-hmm. you can always do that, right? Yeah. Like Palpatine is dead. If they had had Zalpatine or Frank Grimes or, or just like if there had been some new Sith Lord, yeah. you would have gone, oh, they'd pull some weird Sith Lord out of their ass. But then over the next 50 years, somebody would write a bunch of books and comics about Dark Lord Frank Grimes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead we used Palpatine, and so now same thing's going to happen. And mm-hmm. if you've got um, a former Stormtrooper Z2 109 or whatever, now we're going to get a ton of stories about her. Now, yes. I'm not going to read them, so it would have been really interesting if I had seen anything about her character on this screen. But yeah. at this point, it's just too much. We're, we're two and a half hours in, and there's just way too much. Yeah. And I actually kind of wanted to see her story. Like, the, the idea that... Maybe Finn slaying the giant Phasma or whatever inspired a lot of stormtroopers to be like, let's get out here. Yeah, let's go. But it's literally just mentioned. And it's not the kind of thing. It's not the kind of thing. It's not the kind of margin detail from the original Star Wars where you went, huh, what's that gunk droid's kind of weird. And then some some mother effer goes and writes an entire book about gonk droids or something, or at least a full Wikipedia page. I really didn't care that much. Right, right, right. I'm not sure if it's good or bad that they are now prompting that sort of thing. Uh-huh. So if you like, <laughs> don't like her enough to know her name, but if you like Zana or Zara or whatever her name is, you're in luck because there will be a comic in the future. Sure. I don't know if that's good or bad. I know. It's, it's almost impossible to rate this or evaluate it as a film. It is just, yeah. it is just the next, it's a product line, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It is the... 2019, you know, spring fashion walk or something like that. And yeah. here are all the new looks. Right, right, right. Um, and and we... you get something like at the end with like, Lan- people are thinking this is a weird moment. I thought it was a cool moment. I was just really sad that we'll never know because she meets Lando. Yes. He's like, hey, where are you from? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, 
let's find out. Like, that was just really great and hopeful. I thought so, too. But I'm never going to find out. So. Right. <laughs> I know. Ah, um, general pride. <laughs> How much money do you need? For what? Richard Grant? No. <laughs> Enough to be in a, a Star Wars movie and your name's character's name is General Pride. That's horrible well you know he got the job when uh admiral grumpy got killed oh so. my goodness um <laughs> okay and then like hux being revealed to be um the spy it is so short-lived and i good think... screw that guy okay the actor wow. and the character who cares um i just Glad. thought they could have done the more first with scene it. could have been please let me out of here and then like we just see his skull pop as he's crushed in a garbage compactor wow and we just move on Okay. Who cares? All right. Um, <laughs> you are not a fan. No. Um, but that's it. they sold out that character in the second movie, so you had to bring General Grief Pain or whatever his name is in. Yeah. Because you just don't even believe in that character anymore. Yes, sir. That's um, the one thing that look you, what you like or hate what Ryan Johnson did. So there are some things that you can say conclusively you shouldn't have done, and one was kill off Phasma. Yeah. Because not that she and Finn need to have a three movie arc, but have some bad guy besides. Besides Hux. Hux. And also the bad guy that is clearly going to be a good guy eventually, Kylo Ren. Right. Have somebody down there. Right. And they just made him into a complete joke Mm -hmm. in a lot of not funny scenes. Did we talk about how like Oscar Isaac is just not. He's like a character. It's like a portal opened up. Thanos opened a portal. In the MCU, yeah. and a guy fell through who uh-huh. was like a pilot, and then he, he was an Air Force pilot, and then he learned to pilot X-Wings, and he became Poe Dameron. Yeah, He's like yeah. not taking any of this seriously, but not in a get this walking carpet out of my way kind of way, like, a, right. boy, is this a Star War? What a Star War this is. I'm in a Star War. I don't know if I like this <laughs> Star War that I'm in. He just keeps like popping a hole in the ostentatiousness that... Kind of needs to be in Star Wars a little bit. There yeah. are knights in space. Right, right. Um, I just, it's going to be garbage for hours if we don't try to, there's just nothing to say. Okay, fair. And by that I mean there is everything to say. Well, I mean, do you think that they did like the Evil Ray just for so they could have um, more merchandising options? Or? You think they're going to sell an Evil Ray figure? I mean, yeah. Star Wars Black series definitely will but you think yeah. it, you think little girls are gonna be playing with an evil ray figure no, really I, don't, I don't see why not the, oh just like the little boys used to play with the uh darth vader figure where the mask is broken off and there's a luke head inside okay all right no Maybe it's just it's, a reference to that okay i see yeah <sighs> um i mean i i look I hate for our review of the last star wars movie to be kind of a flame out but the movie's a flame out now that being said I enjoyed it, and I think I'm going to go again. Okay. I thought it was a really non-offensive way to do something that it's not fair. You don't deserve to get this job, but to find a way to wrap up this entire series after the creator of the series did his best to ruin it with three movies. And if to be believed, if, you know, kind of almost ruined it in the first three movies. Right. And then money-grubbing Disney came around. (laughs) A mouse with dollar signs in their eyes is like, make more! And then you had to somehow wrap it up in a way that, like you said, was fun and positive, and I think they nailed that, and I enjoyed the movie. But I don't ever really want to think about it ever again. Well, I have, I just have a a question for you. Sure. Um, I love Fortnite. uh, Yeah, okay. When Kylo Ren 
or Ben shows up uh, with Palpatine and Ray is there. Um, Palpatine says something about like, "Ooh, the last Skywalker," blah blah blah, and he like throws him in a pit, and then he comes back up. I but don't think that you should introduce uh, something a dyad fifteen minutes from the end of the movie. Okay, what do you mean by that? That's something that he says in the movie, and apparently comes from Rebels or something like that. The idea of two Force users having a connection, oh, and we I have see. seen this play out, yeah, 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 over the films. And what I think is probably one of the best new additions to the force canon yes. like the idea that these guys that they and then they get a little I mean, it's a movie they, i was gonna say they get a little movie with it where it's like now we can like trade things back and forth like hey here's oh man that looks good give me some of that juice right oh, thanks for the juice like <laughs> just like i don't know how that works no i don't either but yeah that was kind of neat and like i said that comes from a cartoon and then <laughs> the emperor just says a dyad and then later on all the Jedi are behind her and they're trying to get her up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're hearing, like, all these voices. I have I no clue who these people are. And I, I guess it's cool that, like, the actress who plays Ahsoka Tano on Clone Wars got to be in a Star Wars movie. But right. I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. So, sorry, continue. Uh, but I, my question is, uh, he's, he's Han Solo and uh, Leia Skywalker's kid. Yeah. Wouldn't his last name be Solo, or would it be hyphenated? Would it be Solo Skywalker or Skywalker Solo? That's, that's up to the Skywalker Solos. Yeah. So I just was curious about that. Um. Also, I so I like that he gives his life force to Ray, but I don't like that he like immediately dies thereafter. Um, that bothered me. Like, why can't we have this character who was bad? turn good and not die like why does he have to die like his grandfather Darth did? Vader. i know that's why that's why yeah uh, it makes me so mad um I, you know what makes, yeah. makes me mad hmm. the one thing that any dumb movie can do i'll bring the fast and furious back uh is fight you just get ray park or the clones that they made of ray park sure and have some good fighting and yeah there's no good lightsaber scenes in this i would agree with you and 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 we should have all gotten shot from like a medium sort of sort of shot angle and you see a lot of heads and shoulders and like blades coming in and out of the thing but clearly you did choreography right so why not just pull back and show it to us yeah i feel like jj abrams movies i don't know if he does the action i think he hands it off to somebody because i feel like a lot of his films are people breathlessly and cleverly talking to each other in a room. Then they run out of that room and probably get involved in something. Mm-hmm. Then they get, then they reach the next room. And everything feels like um, cut scenes in a video game. Sure. You know, or yeah. um, now we're, 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 we're in a medium-sized room and we're talking about something. Then we walk out into a big area and that's where the fight is. And then mm-hmm. we go to another thing. Yeah. And you get that in some of the locations, which I liked when they go to the Christmas village. Like, I like the Christmas village. Mm-hmm. But everything just sort of takes place on, like, one set, one street. And they're all talking about him being a Spicer or whatever. Sean Spicer. Yeah. And then we go to – then we just go to the next location, which is Babu Frick's right. basement. And basically just stay there Yes. until we go to like another thing. Like there's just no sense of – it all feels like sets. It all feels – even though it's just amazing design. I mean this movie is amazing, beautiful. It's great mm-hmm. looking. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't feel – it doesn't feel real to I me. know. 
Um, this space movie with lasers and right. giant well, snakes. And I was just thinking while you were saying that, like the Knights of Ren, we should have had a huge fight know, with them. Huge flame out. I know. And, and like they should have been like really powerful and it should have been nah. a huge. Well, it should have been a struggle for Kylo Ren to beat all of them. He at trained once. them all. Yeah, maybe I know. He, maybe he trained them all with Bobo moves. So he's like, I know I'll have to take you out someday. So you're going to, oh, no, the best thing to do is, like, turn around and, like, hide. If you hide your face, your face will strike. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. We made... Always put your weapon down and bow to your opponent. And Well, I mean, if we had seen any of that beforehand, that would have But maybe there's just, off. maybe they don't have anybody because I admit, like, the lightsaber fights in the prequels are excessive. <laughs> oh, my God. The one with Yoda and yeah, what's yeah, his yeah. name? But they oh. but they worked on him, though. Yeah, I know. And they don't have that guy, I don't think, because Force Awakens has that climactic lightsaber fight in the forest, which is great. Yes. Uh, and then Last Jedi has the, the one scene that everybody talks about, the throne room scene, which I think yeah. everybody agrees from a story perspective is ridiculous. Like, your boss is dead and the ship's blowing up. You're like, all right, see ya. But I guess they're all fanatically... Uh, dedicated to yeah. this puppet that Palpatine made in a jar. Apparently. Anyway. Yeah. But then you can go through and like see videos on YouTube where they go, look at this. This doesn't make any sense. Like all the choreography in that scene is terrible. Mm. And they got that same guy or they just went, let's just shoot around like his terrible choreography for right. this film. Cause there's just no good stuff. There's that one climactic fight. It's not even a climax because there's another 45 minutes left where they're fighting on the Death Star piece. That's probably the best fight. Yeah, probably. But even as they're fighting, I don't understand what's happening because as they fight, the enthusiasm between the two of them seems to be less and less. And that makes sense from a character perspective because he's so conflicted at this point. Yeah. She is worried. She's afraid to use her full strength because she feels like she'll become evil if she does. Yes. And so neither of them are really going all the way. Right. Until they just sort of like collapse and kind of end the fight. Mm -hmm. Oh, she does like viciously like stab him when she gets the opportunity, which yeah. is like, maybe you are evil. But that's not a good emotional stab, so to speak, for a climactic fight. Both, well, not neither. Imagine, uh, imagine the Princess Bride uh, and the Spaniard and the Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah, neither of them really want offense. Yeah, yeah. And then they're yeah. just fancy. Oh, I'm not right. left hand. That's, and then sometimes that's I just pretend to be left hand. Okay, oh, yeah, just okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And then as soon as she has my name is Diego Montoya. You mildly inconvenience my father. Yeah, it's that's not the Prepare same. Prepare to be <laughs> accosted for several minutes. Well, something else that bothered me is um, so Finn is like they have Chewy. He's in this cruiser or whatever, and she's trying really hard to get it to stay. And then Kylo Ren is also fighting with it, getting it to move. X Men Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I know. Remember and then, how like, we all complained about how dumb everybody looked just put yeah, their hands just out? just putting their hands Same out. Same thing. Yeah. And then she, like, electrocutes it, and everybody on board dies. She thinks that Chewie's dead. We find out oh. later Chewie is not dead. Right. We don't care about- But she killed people. Yeah, but the, all the stormtroopers are not people. We've, we've already established that. Right, Finn? Oh, my goodness. One more thing. Um, why all the flashing lights? Like, when I heard that there was going to be uh, epilepsy warning- I thought, oh boy, in 2019, and then it turns out the it's lightning. just to hide the bad makeup on Palpatine. There's ways to make him look scary that have nothing to do with just randomly flashing lights. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so I don't know. Uh, how, however, you feel about this 
movie depends on what you thought of the last movie, I think. If you thought that the Return of the or the Last Jedi was like a bold new direction, even though I'd argue Ryan knocked over all the toys and gave us nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, is Broom Boy gonna be the star of episode nine? Oh, I don't goodness. think so. Uh then you probably hate this. And if you think that Last Jedi was needlessly disruptive and just against the spirit of where we're going here, then you probably like that this kind of got things back on track. Yeah. But I, I mean agree. you're you're both wrong. <laughs> and I'm thinking <laughs> about this. The whole thing about Oscar Isaac being like, no. Yeah. What? First of all, come on, buddy. You're still on, you know, under contract, right? I know, right? But like, what an F you that is to to Disney, who I'm not saying that they were thought this through, but we're probably thinking they had another MCU on their hands here. Probably. Because Chris yeah. Evans shows up. He's been here for 10 years. He keeps, he, he he's in Thor just to like, play Loki playing him you know what I mean like yes. he shows up for stuff they probably thought this is great we don't we, we don't have any time pressure we've got these new hot actors interesting characters we're gonna go forever with this and mm-hmm. three movies in they're like we are never coming back I know play the Taylor Swift song let's do this I know. and they must be like we are screwed now what right now we got to get these two racist guys to come up with a whole new trilogy I know. I love the movie. They're not doing it anymore. Go see it. It's great. Yeah. um, Definitely go see it. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, it's not great, but it's good. I think it's good. And I mean, I think. No, that was my. You already said it was good. Uh, That was mine. Okay. You're done. I. I just think it's interesting you compare the the MCU actors to the um, Star Wars actors, and the MCU actors are like, I I could do this forever. They're so gracious. They're so, they're so sad to leave. But they've got crappy romantic comedies to make, right? Uh, <laughs> or and or then, do like, little, right? And then like the, the there was there was nine there was nine previews ahead of Star Wars. Oh my god! We we, we don't live that Stubbs life, but we did go to AMC. Yes, and there was a half an hour of, of previews easily. Yeah, it was it was too much. It Come was on, overkill. Stubbs. I like to those would be Stubbs. Yeah, exactly. Shorter. Um, but yeah, I I enjoyed <sighs> it and I would recommend it. I think largely. Be- because the ending was so positive and it ended on a high note and I think these characters are going to you can tell they are going to move on and continue to fight the good fight if they need to in comic books but, yeah right. in books exactly and not on the screen right they had a bad feeling about this <laughs> and they were right <laughs> Well, I don't know. I'm sure that we'll talk about it in the future as the weeks go. Or maybe not. Maybe we'll just never say anything else about it ever again. About Star Wars? It's kind of feeling that way right now. But I know that there's a lot I didn't say because it's just serves no purpose other than me just... It's like pooping. (laughs) It's like evacuating. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think that's really entertainment. So anyway, uh, tell us what you thought because people have thoughts. Oh, yes. Everybody's had. There's the one thing you can say is that this is something that I don't think anybody can not have an opinion on. I agree with you. Yeah. You you have to come down. Let us know yours on social media, uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Also, you know, uh, we're coming up at the end of the year here. Yep. And the best gift that you could give us would be a review on iTunes. Absolutely. Or your listening platform of choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really need those um, for, I don't know, just perspective. 
listeners or even you know the computer overlords to know that we're doing a good job. So yes. give us a review, uh, give us a a rating, uh, give us five extra lightsabers sure. because <laughs> there's another one floating around. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Two, a lot better than one. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's the kind of thinking that J.J. Abrams has a man who knows nothing about Star Wars, even though he really likes it, I guess. Right. But yeah, get get two on there. Yes. Or maybe just five. Five stars <laughs> to war within. Uh, yes. That is it for us for this week. Uh, we'll be back for an end of the year show talking about our favorite stuff from 2019. And uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk Mika into watching The Witcher and oh, probably boy. have a little mini review of The Witcher. Okay. So stay tuned for that. And that's it. Uh, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays Merry Christmas. from all of us here at Just Enough Trope. Oh, my gift is interferons what is to that? get rid of this <laughs> sickness that I've struggled oh, through okay. <clears throat> this entire show. But we're you've we're done still, a really good job. Thank you. We're still doing it here, and we'll continue to do it in 2020. And we're signing off. I'm your host Caliban. I'm your co-host Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. Mm-hmm.